All right, let's try this again. It is October 25th, and it is 12.41 in the morning, because that's when this shit goes down. The strain of the evening was whatever my partner pulled from her family. Her father is... Oh, he had a very terrible car accident at some point, which left him in... Let's just call it psychological distress. To be honest, I've never seen the man... Excuse me, not stoned. So to be able to, to properly iterate whatever... Whatever he feels or whatever he goes through on a regular basis is completely beyond me, but... He is one of the most noble individuals I've ever met, especially after meeting her fucking mother. <laughs> it is... It is the Jack Spratt only on steroids it's oh let's let's make this a little bit easier to convey um the mom is shrek the father is donkey the father is completely clueless but absolutely gung-ho about everything and a super sweet individual the mom is a grouchy fucking ogre who holds resentment towards many different facets of individual <laughs> it's, actually a really great, great analogy. Hold on. <clears throat> Fuck. Alright, so, being that I am pretty decent, I mixed that strain with some Delta 8. So I'm fucking cozy as I meander back home down the sidewalk. From first going to 7-Eleven to only find out that they did not have drinks available, I mean, uh, alcoholic libations after midnight, because they run by the county, and not by the state, which I guess the county is after fucking midnight, and the state is after 2 a.m., figure that one out, guys, the living fuck, you telling me that the city of Orlando, the county that Orlando resides in, which is Osceola, not just look, I'm trying to figure out how much anonymity to have here. But I guess all of this is pretty Googleable. Which is a fucking term. <sighs> no. Uh why why midnight? I don't fucking understand. So I went down to Wawa. Grabbed myself a couple of cans. Because truly nothing nothing feels more satisfying than sprawling out on a couch. Sipping, sipping a beer, or not even sipping, but just like getting a good swig of it, whilst under the influence. Truly, it's just one of those fucking moments of like pulling up a warm blanket on a cold evening, which I've also had very few and far between because <laughs> Florida. <sighs> Let me, like pulling up a a slightly dry blanket on a fucking humid ass musty fucking evening. <laughs> <laughs> like, like coming home and taking a hot shower after sweating your balls off from going outside for ten minutes. Which is kind of what I feel like doing right now. Uh, you didn't miss much. I recorded about fifteen minutes of extra shit, but deleted it. Because it was really just a bunch of rants about my, my employment situation. Which is funny. After passing at least, what, three now-hiring signs now? Which, for those aliens that are listening in the very far future, 
is the current state of the economy. Truly, it's it's depressing. Uh, I came back from a horror film convention this past weekend, and one of my favorite horror-themed coffee providers went from being $8 a bag to 12 because of import costs and packaging costs and everything else. I could not do it because... God damn it, I cannot fucking tell you that fucking a pound of coffee is worth $12. It's not. Not unless you, not unless it was pulled from the beans of a fucking red-headed giraffe-zebra hybrid fucking mongoose that, that eats nothing but pamphlets from Britney Spears CDs. I really don't fucking know. I'm I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just trying not to get nervous because I also think that I'm increasing my mortality rate by being on the phone and acting like I'm having a conversation whilst walking down the sidewalk. And if anything, I can chronicle my future mugging and or stabbing. Because Orlando, Orlando's fun. It's also why I got the hot latte. That way I can throw it into the eyes of my assailant. And then run away. Very quickly. Not really quickly. I'm in flip-flops. Which I'm pretty sure you can hear by the micro by the microphone. <sighs> What's funny is that I listened back to the old episode I just did where it was just a bunch of nonsensical bullshit whilst both buzzed from alcohol and a thorough amount of Pineapple Express and... Initially, I want to apologize for it, and the other side of me is like, nah, because that was, that was just genuinely me being passionate. So I can't really fucking complain. Not to mention, again, this isn't like, this isn't a podcast. This isn't something that I'm going to be making any kind of monetary gain off of. This is not something I'm going to be building a professional career out of. Just a journal entry. So, if you got this far, and some, like, fucking five people already listened to it, which is kind of creepy. Not going to lie to you on that one. I'm guessing they lasted about 13 seconds and went, Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) That's okay. (sighs) But, I, I'll be looking for a new place of employment soon. Which I think is kind of funny in this time and age. When it is... When it seems like every business is so desperate to have bodies in the door. Let the bodies in the door. But, <laughs> I just, I don't, I've been in the culinary field myself for fucking 13 years now. And I don't know how to handle it. How to handle possibly doing anything else with my fucking life. But I need to. If anyone's ever seen their boss and thought, man, he is a well-kept, well-put-together individual who has a firm head on his shoulders, I would very much like to know what it is you do for a living, because I cannot, I cannot say that I've ever experienced that in my field at all. My field, working in kitchens, the the management come in two different facets. They either come in the facet of they are three quarters 
done with their lives, meaning that they're between their 50s and 60s, and they have all the energy in the world because they are on top, because they are making the most money and they have the most freedom. But they got it by squandering so much of their youth that now it's very clear and present that they are very frustrated because they have no idea what to do with it. They have no energy anymore. They rely entirely on, on external influence in order to f feel that revitalization that they desperately want so badly. The other side are those who have gone halfway through their lives, which I am coming up to, unfortunately. And they kind of remind me of veteran sumo wrestlers in a way, where they look powerful, they look like symbols of pure leadership and confidence, and you kind of would follow them to the ends of the earth, but once you get to know them, you realize very quickly that they have had to break themselves, not, not by inches, but by millimeters. Over time, they are permanently disfigured, whether it be mentally, emotionally, sometimes even physically. They are just broken. And yeah, they are successful, I guess. But what the living fuck does that mean? How much did the elephant man make for his public appearances, you know? And why the fuck does it matter how much money you have when you have destroyed yourself getting it? It, it makes no sense to me. I'd rather make less money and live a healthier, happier existence. Just being more frugal than spending... Spending on a hedonistic level. But never, never experiencing on one, if that makes sense. I think it does, in a way, where it's, it's genuine. <clears throat> you know what those people always seem to stick by? It's their morals and their principles. Because at the end of the day, they have to look themselves in the mirror and go, this was for something. And so they stick by their morals and their principles, which are usually either outdated, skewered, or just blissfully fucking ignorant to common sense, because they would rather avoid any of it in order to make sure that what they did through their years was justified. <sighs> Permanent midlife crisis. Even late life crisis. I'm just trying to avoid crisis. And it's not easy. Not when you've been doing something like this for so long. Yeah, you learn leadership skills. Yeah, you learn how to talk directly to an individual. And yeah, now that I am a grown man in my 30s, certainly I know how to assert my voice and assert myself to a presence of leadership that I feel like, could, like I could be worth something. But not in this field. Not where my success is dictated by who I know, or the ones who know me, how much they observe, how much I have on paper. I have a fantastic resume when it comes to the culinary field.
but anything else. And I shit myself. Because it's virtually useless. You have no idea how many times I walk into a Target and just hope to God that I'm worth their time. Because I don't see anyone frustrated at Target. Not openly. Yeah, I see some fucking teenage kids always bitching about their fucking hours or he said, she said nonsense. That shit still happens at any job. But the idea that you can go in in a pair of jeans and a fucking shirt and that's it. I've had to wear uniforms for years. I've had to literally step out of my own skin and into another just just to make a living. And I can't convey to you how absolutely tired I am of it. Some people don't. Some people never get tired of it. Some people think that the beauty in the monotony in making the same fucking dish 200 times a day or being able to make people happy without ever seeing the happiness, without ever seeing the satisfaction, just just by fucking hearsay, by reviews. That's the other thing. A lot of people watch the Chef movie and think that it's outlandish because the guy gets so worked up over a fucking food review. A restaurant reviewer, excuse me. <sighs> but truly it happens. Where people don't leave good reviews unless they've had amazing service. But God forbid they have anything three stars or below because they don't rate it three stars. They'll rate it one because, oh my God, it was the grandest fucking emergency that the sun was in your fucking eyes while you had to eat a double cheeseburger for 16 bucks at the hotel that you spent so much fucking money to stay at. <sighs> I... I don't feel like that will ever be enough. I got into this because at, at heart, I'm a creature who loves to make people happy. It is, it is what I am built on. And I can't, I can't, I can't stretch that enough. I can't stress it enough, excuse me. I can't, my foundations are based on pleasing others. When it comes to extramarital affairs, I'm a, I'm a dom. I am a dom in the sense of not that I need control and the need to control another individual, to manipulate them to my will, blah, 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 blah. Those people come from places of insecurity that need more fucking searching. A dom, or even just a good top, or a good... The, the dominant role in a relationship, if you choose to be in one, whether it be kink-related or not, whether it be fetish-related or not, a dom's role is to please, to give, to provide, to push. That is your purpose. You give. And yeah, you can certainly receive. Receive. 
but but receiving without deserving is a blessing. And I'm not even fucking religious. I truly do not believe there is a God that exists. And yes, that makes me miserable. Because trust me, I used to believe in fucking Santa Claus. Unfortunately, Santa Claus turned into Jesus very quickly as time progressed. But your main focus is to make the other individual happy. And to make them happy enough to where they pledge their loyalty their fealty, their love to you. And if <laughs> the idea of being in a relationship where if you made one false move, suddenly everything crumbles around you, if that idea makes you nervous, then don't ever step into a fucking kitchen. <laughs> because whether it be from the management whether it be from the people eating your food, that's what you're going to face. God forbid you forgot fucking cheese on a burger and they tell the manager because suddenly your entire existence revolves around cheese on a burger. Something that some people take so fucking for granted. Yet when you're making money doing it, it is the be-all, end-all. And if the guy next to you remembered the fucking cheese, well then goddammit, suddenly you're pushed aside, and he is the one acknowledged. And he will be, continue to be the one acknowledged until he fucks up, and then you get pushed to the front of the line. It really is a sled dog team. Where all of you nip at each other's heels, and the chef cracks the whip. I've also broken it down into other, into other metaphors. My personal favorite is that there are three types of chef. There's the war chief. The war chief was the kind of concept that I got without hoping for any kind of controversy from Gangs of New York. The idea that you have a leader who will also work alongside you, not just lead you. Who, if he sees you faltering, he will come in and provide assistance for you as well as he is not one to judge they are not one to judge let me reiterate because there are some phenomenal female chefs out there there are some phenomenal female cooks out there that will never be recognized as much as they should be because this is the society we that we live in yet for some reason we don't think that it should end anytime soon bullshit there are war chiefs and then there are dictators. Dictators do exactly what you think. Dictators do not step on the line. Dictators want nothing to do with it. Dictators earned their position of power and then will cling to it like little children holding on to the fingers of a fucking parent who, God forbid, they have to go back through the hell that they faced on the line to get where they got. Because now, oh boy, they choose to do nothing but stand there and yell and order and bark at those lesser than them, at their subordinates. Those are the people who need to find the closest, busiest street and take a few short fucking frogger bunny hops and hopefully they survive. If not, so sorry. If so, 
At least maybe you'll have a fucking humbling experience to realize that there are other lives in this world. They don't mean any more or less than yours. But unfortunately, dictators are like that. They're raging fucking narcissists. And then there are the shapeshifters. Shapeshifters are what I would consider the happy medium between the two. Some shapeshifters know how to become dictators in front of their superiors, which is okay because it's kind of understandable. They have to make their image look a certain way until their boss is gone, and then they can go back to being the war chief. They can go back to being the person who will work and fight alongside you, but for just just this period, they have, they have to just put on a mask. They have to put on their their fucking official uniform and pull rank, you know? But then there are the bad shapeshifters, and those are the people who you also have to worry about, not in only your professional field, but also in life. Because they are the ones who will change, not just in front of their superiors, but in front of anyone they're in front of. Because they're so desperate to be accepted by universally everyone that they do not care if you witness it or not. They will treat you in a specific way and then suddenly someone will walk up or a group will walk up or a female will walk up because typically it's fucking self-centered but self-conscious asshole men who suddenly will drop one persona for another in order to impress as many people around them as humanly possible. And by doing so, they only show how fraudulent they truly are. How empty they truly are. <sighs> and I've run into all three on countless occasions. Sometimes you can see dictators become war chiefs, kicking and screaming. Sometimes war chiefs have to become dictators because... Uh, maybe they've had bad days. And do you want to call them shapeshifters for that? I don't think so. I think shapeshifters are the ones that you see naturally do it all the time. It is by habit that they have earned that moniker, not by occasion, not by random, habobstantial occurrence. Habobstantial? I don't know. I fucking love that word if it exists. Uh, otherwise, I am more interested in finding out whether or not all of these all of this acquired knowledge that I have is, is just in the culinary field or if it exists elsewhere. It's... I know so little about how other professions work, how they function, how they feel. When you work in the tourism industry, the tourism industry, you, you see people genuinely for who they want to be because they are allowed to be that, because they have escaped from wherever the hell they've come from. And I don't mean the hell is in just a fucking uh, swear or... No, let's go with swear. Again, slightly high. <laughs> I got a bit of coffee in me, but that don't help a whole lot. I'm I'm naturally eloquent and sometimes it's sometimes it's comforting, other times it's just 
debilitating because people look at you as though you're fucking unnatural because you sound like a goddamn car salesman no matter where you are. But I, I see people genuinely for who they are at conventions and at theme parks. I never know what they do for a living. But all they know, all I know is that they've earned enough time and enough money to come down here to truly open up and find themselves again. And the ones who are not allowed to find themselves are always the ones who are the angriest. The ones who have lost themselves so hard or have had to sacrifice themselves so much for others that they are just burning inside. And I don't want to get to that point. I'd rather die first. And that's come up multiple times in my head. I, I suffer from depression very, very badly. And in a way, I'm also looking for an escape. I am also looking for a way out because I don't know how much of who I am right now is based entirely on what the kitchen has made me or how much of it is just who I am naturally. And that lack of knowledge in myself is, is unbelievable. I feel like I don't really know who I am because so much of my day is being in a uniform, having to be someone else. And I don't know what else to do with that. I really love Chuck Palahniuk and the way that he portrayed in Fight Club just the absolute monotony. And the idea that the lead character would buy things habitually to try and to work on his, his nesting in his home. <laughs> like... That's what I do here. Everything in the apartment that I and my partner share, I have assembled myself. A, because oh, she chooses to be lazy in certain particular ways, in other ways not so much. She handles so many of the chores that it's almost crippling to me at times. But other times, when I see how much of this I've assembled myself and how much I still continue to, to handle by my own hands, it's... It also speaks volumes of how her father was when she grew up. It's, it's kind of terrifying how much people take after their own parents, especially when you spend so much time around both. Truly. I didn't get to spend enough time around my father to really pick up how much of him I seem to have had. But this year or the next, or maybe the year after it, this time period is around the same age frame that he procured me with my mother. And I, I only know how much of him I am not, because it's how much of him that I avoid. And so I've had to live my life absolutely terrified of my own sex 
because I've never understood them, and I've never trusted them. Even to this day, I don't have any tattoos on my skin, even though I've, I have so many ideas, but it's only because I've always been terrified that some fellow male part of this fucking species will, will, will smell me differently and be malicious and take that frustration out on me permanently. They would disfigure me just for the sake of, I don't know. I don't even have a reason behind that. I just, it's my own paranoia. But I feel like mother is the name for God, except the difference is that mothers exist. And yet mothers don't get anywhere near as much reverence as the piece of shit that doesn't. This got absolutely deeper than I was anticipating, and I am very sorry for that. Um, I'm going to go smoke more, have a few beers, and then inevitably pass out. But I promise you, whoever may be listening, that I will not be doing many passionate rants that involve me yelling from the back seat, or I should say behind the wheel of a car. Back seat. Yelling from a back seat. No, you want to talk about that Elantra? That happened more than one occasion. And it wasn't me yelling. hey <sighs> Alright. Until next time, true believers. <laughs>